Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? All right, so a lot of you probably know what kind of week it's been, uh, especially with uh, the stuff that happened in Washington, D.C. And yes, uh, TK Bay, who was on the show for this one, and I do talk through that a little bit, uh, <laughs> including a lost segment uh, in the middle that, of course, we're not going to be airing. But uh, when we went for the break in the middle of this, we ended up just sort of ranting and talking about our feelings about what went down. But really, the discussion about it in this episode, in the first half of the episode, is about the fact that all of these social media networks finally took the step to block uh, Donald Trump from being on their platforms and to uh, effectively cut off the line of communication that he had on platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. A little bit of that news has changed since the last couple of days when we had the recording of this episode up until the release of it now. Uh, but the stuff that we talked about still kind of stands. The idea that social media may or may not have to put some safeguards, some actual real safeguards in place in terms of the information or dis and misinformation that can go out there. So this is a discussion between the two of us, uh, pretty much a session that the two of us had to have. We needed to talk to somebody after all the stuff that went down earlier this week. But the last half of the episode is about a specific device. Uh, We did want to make sure we talked a little bit about a product from the week uh, in a discussion for this episode. And it was about the uh, OnePlus Nord N10 which is uh, officially on pre-sale at the time of this episode coming out. Uh, but we do talk about some of our thoughts about this very budget-friendly device from OnePlus and why, in TK's words, this would be more like a Nord lineup that we're about to see rather than a OnePlus device, which I feel like the Nord N10 doesn't quite represent what OnePlus is very much known for. In any case, it's TK Bay and myself on this episode of the podcast. Enjoy. Retail therapy, yes, we are both just talking about it, get, coming into the episode. Uh, I will say, you, you you just said you're going to do lens therapy. I'm doing audio therapy right now. Like, there you go. Yes, my friend. Holding they, up the uh, lens. <laughs> it's a great year. Um, all I can say, uh, they make some good pictures. Uh, no, it, it it's nice, yeah. I, I, I got to say, this might be a blessing in disguise, the fact that I am on um, the L-mount with the Panasonic. There's so few mm-hmm. lenses available for it that I'm not tempted to buy any at the moment. So I'm <laughs> I'm still waiting for the right lenses to come out before I start like throwing money at whatever. But even then, I'm doing fine with this right now. Like it's 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 fine. Um, but yeah, retail therapy for me. I'm buying a couple of audio equipment items um, just to yeah. sort of experiment with some stuff. Um, and what I what I ended up doing. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll talk about what got us in these moods. But um, I find myself buying things right now because. I'm anticipating when I can use them on the road at like a show and you're you're wanting you want you're wanting to get to that point where we were all hoping 2021 was going to give us it's that whole what we wanted you know when we all wanted 2020 to end and then wanted 2021 to give us that some of that freedom back oh yeah since it's have, it's almost a year now have you been like playing the scenario in your head I I have been a bunch. I actually like with the uh, with the little XLR recorder in the mic that mm-hmm. I'm using right now. I actually like when I was testing it out. I was imagining myself in South Hall, like reporting on like a Razor laptop or whatever, and I was just like, oh man, like the fact that 2020 meant that we all got so good at what we do at home that we could just bring that on the road. I'm like really looking forward to that, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I got the itch. I got the itch. I, it's it so it's that whole so for me it, this is it feels weird that I'm home because 
This is typically where I'm in Vegas. Mm -hmm. This is me typically getting into Vegas, like today, tomorrow, roughly. Uh, last year, I was actually here the whole week. I was in Vegas a week in advance in 2020. I was We took the Christmas break, New Year's before, so we spent our vacation in Vegas at Luxor. Oh, wow. You, so, were in, uh, you were in Vegas for New Year's? We were, it was crazy. We, um, we typically don't go there till after because we don't want to pay the high prices and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, no. Experienced New Year's, experienced, um, I mean, actually we did Christmas, New Year's, and we did obviously CES and we stayed the whole time. So to me, it was, uh, it was a long stretch. By the end, I think, uh, both my wife and my son were like, yeah, we're done. We're done with Vegas <laughs> for now. Right. We're not going to have to come back. Right. I will say um, Vegas, like I, I've I said it. this, I've said this on multiple occasions. I often feel like the only person who loves Vegas. Um, I, I, I love, I love Vegas in, in the sense of what it represents and what it offers, but I also like to see it in different times. Right. Not going there for work is always fun. Yeah. But. But the craziness of CES, this is the thing that I, I feel like every year when I leave it, I'm like, never again will I do this again. And then I go back again and I miss it. So now I'm missing it and I'm getting all these emails, but yeah, no running around and 20,000 plus steps a day. Oh, yeah. yeah, indeed. Um, well, you're right that like looking at Vegas from a few different lenses is important. And, that, and that's what I do. I try to encapsulate all of that in one. I even just posted on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly the photo I posted of Issa was from two years ago. Bro. It was from two years ago, not last year. Though we did do the same thing last year. It was the only show was, we were able to go to. But um, yeah, two years ago, that, and those were the tacos, though, right? Yep, that's what I was gonna say. The um, we um, like whenever I have like people like you or any of our friends from anywhere around the world uh, at CES, and they're willing to like just kick it with me, I gotta bring them places. I know where to eat. I know where to have fun. I know where to go. And, you know, the majority of the people that we know in the tech space, they're not like the club goer. They're not the gambler or anything like that. So that's where I come in because I've experienced all those things, but I got, I'm the foodie, you know, I'm, we can get, we can get a drink and just kick it like, you know, in, in on the strip. Um, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a big fan of the high roller. It's a, such a touristy thing, but if you can bring a drink with you into the high roller, just look at the view of Las Vegas and drink a drink while it's rotating. Like, just do that. Um, enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, Jaime, uh, is always down for whatever food recommendations I have. Like he's gotten to the point where he just absolutely trusts me. And I'm, I'm at that level, by the way, I'm, <laughs> you could just literally point me into the direction. I'm not even going to like last recommendation you gave me. I did not second guess you. I didn't even question the concept. <laughs> you ordered it I like ordered right them. then and there. <laughs> I ordered six bags right out of the bag. And I'm like, and my wife was like, what did you, it was like, I said, Josh said, and I, that's all I said. <laughs> <laughs> I need to restock on that stuff. Um, but in, in any case, um, yeah, one of our favorite ramen spots, we've all been to Japan, but one of our favorite ramen spots of all time is in Vegas. So it's like, it's, it's far oh. off. It's pretty far off the strip. It's in spring mountain. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much the majority of the places I like going to in Vegas are not this are, are not even on the strip. And most people who hate Vegas only focus on the strip. And I think that's the problem. Yeah. They don't realize there's so much more to Vegas than just that one street that just goes through Las Vegas Boulevard is not all of Vegas. But now I'm kicking myself because in January last year, a year ago from now, a year from uh, a year ago, actually, I was looking for a perfect ramen spot in Vegas and we kept looking and looking and we couldn't find one close to the strip or anywhere. Uh, we ended up having dim sum after <laughs> when we gave oh, up that one day. It was, there's, it was there's the week really before. good dim sum in Vegas as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. A Cant Cantonese style, Hong Kong style, real dim sum. Totally. There's a little plaza 
not that far off the strip. That was very, very nice. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And so like the photo I posted on Twitter, it, yeah, I miss CES and we'll, we'll talk about like how we're literally missing it right now. Um, but the thing I posted, my memory from CES is not necessarily the show floor itself, though I'm itching to go back to something like that. It's what I can mm-hmm. do outside of it. And that was that's the reason why I said all the things I love are in one photo. And that was Isa and tacos. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, ab- absolutely. Yeah, no, Isa, I, I actually, I want to say I saw Isa last, was two years ago. It was, um, first time we saw her in, I saw her in person was at that OnePlus party. It was at the back oh, room, but yeah. we were all sitting together. It was the first time I got a chance to see you and her, you know, just chilling out, not just, you know, and, and some type of a picture or something like that. Uh, so it was it was fun. And it, right down the street from there, obviously, there was White Castle. I don't know if you guys went there after, but I did. So uh, it's, it's, it's a fun thing. And I think that's partially what I like CES more so than just, you know, remembering all of that. Because there are these after-hour parties, the, the, the hangouts, uh, the showstoppers, the pepcoms, the other places where we get to hang out a little bit, not so much, you know, running and trying to figure out where things are and, mm-hmm. you know, going through the traffic and just the craziness. But, uh, but dude, I certain, miss hanging out. Yeah, indeed. And, and even then, not just hanging out with each other, just like being in – there's an energy to mm-hmm. a trade show floor that we haven't experienced for a year now. And yeah, it's, it's, I can't believe that. Right. And it, the time has flown. And I, I guess I just, it's not really a eulogy to CES 2021 because it's, it's, it's still happening. It's virtual. We will see what it looks like on January 11th through 11th, 14th. Yeah, Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even then, the days leading up to it are typical for us. We have a lot of NDAs, we have a lot of briefings, we have a lot of things yep. that are still going on. Um, exactly. Are there aspects to the way CES is being run now that you hope kind of carry over? I don't think any of it will. Like the moment we can go physical again, I think everything we're experiencing right now. I'm so as much as I appreciate the 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 fact that we are able to do it. Yeah. um, I there's a big part of this that's totally being missed. It's that hands on experience that we don't get to do anymore. So. The reason why I appreciated that, you know, the events leading up to CES or even, even you know, the you know, meetings and so on, which 90%, by the way, that was like 90, 90% of the work I ended up doing at CES because it's not as congested. It's the it's ahead and you actually have more quiet time to be able to film some stuff. It's the hands-on. I, I don't have a way of, you know, like the announcement of, let's say, the Sony's uh, brow, the, the, the new TV that Sony announced today. We can't go down. We can't see it. We can't show it. Uh, it we can see the video they announced and that the virtual thing. Um, you know, some of the other things uh, coming up next week will, again, all are virtual, which is great. But for us, our content is is based on our experience. It's not based on a on a press release necessarily. Yeah. Although it does obviously, you know, uses a lot of information. So or I like hope re- we do or go like back rendered, to rendered uh, renders and like yeah, 3D videos of of the products. Absolutely, which again are great for PR for that for for the company's own you know announcements and so on. But for our content, it doesn't help. Uh, you know, we need to have access to it. So that's that's why I'm excited to get through this see how it is so that if we do need it that it can happen um i'm also super excited the fact that samsung decided to move up a month this year uh you know we're getting the s line a month early a whole month early yeah so last year i think um i, I don't know if i remember did we run into each other in, fe- uh, in february last year i know it's in, in san francisco i don't remember yeah we, we did we did run into each other i remember that um you and i hung out a little bit outside of where they were showing off the z flip and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and then we had I, to go from there. I think I was. Then, I think oh, my yeah, flight yeah. was later that day. I think it, it was it, a turnaround. Mine was. Uh, I took the super super early six a.m. flight out. So I took. I, I I decided to sleep in mostly because I knew I I was going to edit a video that night. Um, and if I was editing a video, trying to go home and we didn't have the situation with the laptops now where we can actually have laptops that edit a video without crashing, you know, or battery dying. Oh my God. Um, still is my favorite thing of 2020. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, the laptop that cannot finish editing a video that, or if you, uh, if you do have it, you can't charge it on the plane because they don't provide enough wattage unless you turn it off and trickle charge, which. And, and yeah. trust me, listeners, like I am also lamenting the fact that it just had to be a mac that was able to achieve that so fine like i'll give apple all the credit in the world for that because once we are able to and probably the closest show that we we, we will be able to actually do i know that mwc moved to june but that's still very optimistic as far as vaccinations little, are concerned and, and um, computex is uh, virtual that so that uh well no computex it. is actually from what i hear it's also it is still physical but there will be a virtual aspect to it if you can if you can't get into taiwan okay. um but i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to uh, lobby so hard to go to Taiwan if I'm able to. Like, I really need to be able to do something again. Uh, this is the first time I felt this way in a long time. And it's because we are literally feeling like, oh, Vegas is right there for the both of us. We're from L.A. It, you know, absolutely. It's it's literally a three and a half hour, maybe four hours max drive that we could literally just hop over. <laughs> and, but- I got, and I have a new car that can do uh, radar cruise control. So it will be the easiest drive of all time. Wait, uh, hold on. What did you get? I got a I got a Corolla. I got a Corolla hatchback. So nice. the what what people are calling the best Corolla uh ever made. Uh it's just it's affordable but still has style and has a lot of tech in it. Um I'm still debating on whether or not I want to do a video on a car and I'm I'm look I I I do feel like I should uh because I like it so much. You, I was um, going to say. But it does have radar to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, you still have to steer, but it will stop for you. It will go for you and all that stuff. So if you're in traffic uh, on the 15 on the way to Vegas, it's probably quite literally the best thing you could ask for. <laughs> and I can't wait for road <laughs> trips, man. Like this is how this is how um, I have I have kept it in so hard for the past almost basically year. I'm going to say 10 months. Um just being patient with everything that's going on. But now we are a year removed from the last CES. I am a year removed from seeing my girlfriend. And now it's like, I, I'm just remembering all of these things and Google Photos is no help. Like it's showing me what No, happened. no, absolutely not. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting reminders now. Yeah, literally, like it was like, remember this day? And it shows me, you know, a picture of Omar and my wife and, my, and myself at, uh, in old Vegas walking down the strip. So it was mm-hmm. like the old strip, not the new one. But uh, it was just like, Why? Why yeah. are you doing this? I mean, I like the picture, but why? <laughs> so let's put it this way. Why don't we try looking ahead rather than past? Um, what in CES 2021, like what trends or things are you looking forward to kind of seeing in this year's show? Virtually, of I'm course. Try- it, which it's going to be the, yeah, there's there's pretty much no, no other way around it. Uh, I think for me with CES is how, it's not necessarily maybe the, the, the tech itself, but how do we... How does the experience of us running into something new, exciting that we maybe didn't hear about happen at CES when it's virtual? Because at the end of the day, we have our spots, right? We always know what we're looking for. You know, we know Sony, we know LG, we know uh, Samsung. They'll have announcements. They'll have some TVs and different home things kind of stuff. Uh, we know TCL is going to have obviously some things going on. Um, every company will have something to show for us. 
I'm hoping that the technology shown its SES helps us understand and help us do more at home because I feel like that was a big theme going into it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm seeing, I started to see some, some companies talk about that, you know, how they augment the experience, but I also want to see better, better tech, better PC tech to augment that experience. We need better cameras on our laptops. We need uh, more connectivity options, more uh, better port uh, connectivity, you know, IO on, on laptops and longer battery lives. The M1 is great as an Apple product, but they typically don't show up to CES, right? Windows, uh, you know, M- Amazon, Google, those are the main companies that show up at CES. Apple is kind of like, a, you know, they just do their own. So I- I'm looking forward to seeing how that how the new tech for 2021 helps us do more at home and maybe, you know, unifies the experience of mobile and home life together. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, I, I feel like because what you just said actually resonates because the first thing that usually comes to mind when I think of CES is TVs. Mm-hmm. So it, I, it's a big part that the LG booth, come on, that's like the number one. Everybody sees the LG booth, which is basic. And Samsung, of course, Samsung does it well, beautifully as well. Uh, but LG, literally wall-to-wall TVs, the wave mm-hmm. of TVs, it, it's like number one thing. You go into South Hall, it's the first thing you see on the right. Um, to me, that those are the things I miss, uh, you know, but um, I also miss those little surprises that you get to see where you're not expecting. I think right? that, but the like, thing is, I wonder, like I said, I wonder how it's going to go, because we did already have one event this, mm-hmm. this one was yesterday, I feel like. I'm not sure if you were there. Uh, it's called TechFluence. And um, oh, that was yesterday. You know, totally, I totally missed it. Dang. Okay, I'll have to, ca- I'll have to catch it. No, I registered for TechFluence, but I, I totally. Sorry, uh, Barry. <laughs> I am so sorry, Barry. Uh, no, I, I was doing um, Showstoppers today, um, and it's just so it, it's hard when you don't take the time off from day job to do. Oh, that's fair. You know, to juggle Very everything. Fair. So for me, I, I totally. Why did I not remember? Okay, now I, I am. Well, gonna there's have other to call reasons, Barry and we're going to get to those other reasons in a second. But yeah, like so that event yesterday, I think, and and we've already experienced it a little bit during pandemic, during quarantine, I should say, that mm-hmm. when these smaller trade floor opportunities come up. Uh, they basically just put all of the brands in a line on a website and you click Mm -hmm. one of the brands and you virtually visit their booth where they have like a video feed and you can Mm -hmm. get on a video call with them and just talk with them. And I feel like that's an effective way of doing it. And I almost feel like, because do you remember going to like a Showstoppers or a Pepcom? And mm-hmm. the first thing we always do is get the food and then we eat the food and then we, you know, maybe uh, I, I, not you, but like I and some others will drink. And then, um, you know, well. Oh, I, I drink as many Diet Cokes as they'll hand me. <laughs> and at all, that point of the time. All part of the experience. Yeah. Like we absolutely. don't even have to no, no, I, <laughs> I grab the food. I grab the, uh, I grab the Diet Coke and I start doing my rounds. Actually, I'll finish my food first. Re-energize because. For me, it's always been this weird situation where uh, I I would leave the uh, the CS the main show floor, and I would walk over to the win, you know, just to get into the actual you know, and then you have to navigate through the entire hotel to get to where it is, and it felt like it was like a marathon of walking process uh, just to get there. So I, I want to re-energize. So Diet Coke to the for, for the for the win at that point and um, food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was food. always like our first thing, and then yeah. We're trying to see each other. We're catching up a little bit. We're already tired because these little trade show floors are always like at the end of the day. And and then we have to go through the whole slog of actually walking up and down the aisles like we're in a Costco, um, looking at the signs and trying to see, trying to see if it's something that's interesting or not. Mm -hmm. 
The way that this CES, or if these TechFluence slash Showstoppers slash Pepcom um, quarantine editions are going to mm-hmm. show, if there are any indication, uh, we are going to look at a website with all the brands and we get a bird's eye view of the brands. Something that we literally can't do on the floor, and it makes it a very stressful thing to go to booth to booth to booth, ask questions, all that stuff. But now we actually have like, a, like I said, a bird's eye view. I I hope I hope that at some point we can adapt that to the original trade show um, methodology. Like maybe they mm-hmm. maybe at the entrance of Showstoppers they give us like a small brochure or pamphlet that just gives us an overview of each brand. That way we don't have to go to a brand we've never heard before and realize we wasted 20 minutes talking about like a smart foot massager or like, <laughs> or something to that effect. I, uh, yes. And and I think there's a, there's a big part of that that I feel like was always, um, I, I appreciate that, but there was always been like, I, I would say these little weird, um, you know, Android type of related things, new smartphones, like new mobile. I would have, the thing about it is when you're going through a list for me, I look at it as, as a list of things that you can go through, but then these lists are quite long. Like showstoppers today was very similar to the way you, you, you saw yesterday, probably with TechFluence. Uh, they basically start a, a meeting, we go in, we interact. And then if you want to set up a meeting, you can set up an individual meeting and have mm-hmm. a conversation. Uh, I think it's perfect for this day and age to actually have both options. I feel like the, so the difference with, with when we were on the show floor is the, like I said, it, it goes back to me for some reason is the hands-on because a big part of what you're discussing with the, with the brand or whomever you're working with is their point of view of, of the, of the product. Showstoppers, Pepcom. They had the products on the show floor, and it was a much smaller experience than CES. I like to call them a mini CES in a oh, yeah. certain way, and that's what I enjoyed about them. But um, absolutely, I, I mean, and the, the good thing about it, even though unfortunately I was I wasn't able to make it yesterday, that uh, the library of content that you're referring to, I will have access to, and I can still go in there and interact yeah. with different brands and, and all of the. So. Oh yeah, the best part. Um, no business cards. All of the emails are in one sheet. It's already in there. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, you, it's one of the, it's, again, we say this with all the love that we can muster because while we might have frustrations with the way the system used to be and we are still happy to like indulge in it. Uh, yeah. The whole idea that on the way home, the drive home, I remember one time driving Jaime with me and Issa mm-hmm. on the way back from CES and we were, and Jaime was just flipping through uh, business cards during the during the freaking drive and he was because there was nothing else to do we were just listening to music and he's going through no, it's, it's a long yeah it was gonna say it's the the drive back from vegas is is the you're 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 kind of good you're, you're feeling good that you're you're done with what vegas has to offer but you're also thinking of like oh much how much work you have to do coming out of vegas yeah so it it's always appreciated but yeah i like it so um, before we get into our first break, or maybe the only break, I'm not sure yet, um, there is one thing I wanted to put out there. Um, the, first of all, thank you, TK, for, for, for coming on and for, I mean, this might, be oh. a, this might be a work thing, but I always cherish the times that we're able to talk and to hang out. Uh, probably Absolutely. no more, probably it was needed because mm-hmm. we're probably both going through like a bit of a mental thing at the moment as the entire country is. I yes. Because I was going to yes. say probably other than your day job which is a completely valid uh reasoning. Uh the probably the other reason why you forgot about TechFluence yesterday is because right when that keynote started some I, I this is not an explicit podcast but some assholes 
they they stormed the Capitol building. Yeah, in Washington D.C. So um, I, yeah, I have been doom scrolling since then. I have been on Twitter incessantly, just reading, trying to get every update uh, that I possibly can, seeing just how this crazy crap even went down, why it did, and I I spent I spent pretty much all of yesterday screaming at the television as my family and I were watching everything unfold. Um, I we got a message from my my mother in law, and it was like check out cnn i'm like okay not even a title just check out cnn like as if you know and we turned it on and it was downhill from there no it, it was it it still is but it was a very it was a very mentally draining day um to to realize that there are lower lows that you can actually dig down further down than where you were in 2020 yeah i didn't think 2021 was was even going to be possibly trying to contend but um it sucks yeah for, yeah. for one six 2021 is it was a hard day. Well, I, I don't mean to bring the mood down so much, but I think that we needed that first 20 minutes of levity. Um, and I'm not going to talk Absolutely. about the actual like, act that was committed at the Capitol building. Um, and, you know, let's just put it this way. Like, TK and I, we grew up in... I, I grew up in the US. Uh, I don't know if I ever asked you where you were born. Um, not that born in Lebanon, born in came Lebanon. here when I was seventeen. Yeah, so no, when you were in your seventeen, you still grew up here. Like you are still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my, I've I've lived more here than any other place exactly. in the world. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we 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 are of America. We are part of these United States. So you San, know, San Fernando Valley power right here. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> San Fernando all the way. You, you <laughs> That's have, where I've been. You guys have to worry about more karate issues than anything else, right? Like <laughs> Cobra Kai. Exactly. Shout out. <laughs> Cobra Kai shout out exactly Encino, my friend. But Everybody yeah. knows where Encino is. <laughs> um, but yeah, or or Reseda, right? Reseda. The mm-hmm. um, so the. I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody, but I think it's pretty safe to say, at least for who represents the show you're listening to right now, uh, we do not condone literally any of what went on. And no, absolutely we, not. Yep. we even as Pacquiao or XDA or JV or TK Bay, like we all would um, report, not really report, but we talk about the fact that part of the reason why stuff like this might happen is because of dis and misinformation on social media. Uh, Absolutely. So I think that's where I wanted to sort of bring that conversation to a little bit. Uh, not necessarily the overarching, uh, it can be, it could be the overarching discussion of misinformation in social media, but also the fact that the main headline on this very day that we are uh, recording this podcast, the day after the breaches at the Capitol, is that every major social network has been blocking President Trump left and yep. right for varying degrees of timing and whatnot i think twitch suspended the account and not even just temporarily i didn't even it know he like, i didn't even he, know he had a twitch <laughs> when did when he was when was he a streamer can you imagine that part <laughs> oh my like, god i didn't yeah i was surprised i was like twitch blocked you i'm like okay um thank you i don't it, the, the the twitter response was I, I don't know i don't know um i i felt like they you know, I saw Barnicles, uh talk about. You know, they, he screamed at them in his, at the beginning of the day when when things were starting to break down, but none they, that didn't you know cause anything. He went. He was he was live on Twitch, uh, but I'm I'm glad that at least we're seeing some. The companies are trying to take control of some of this mis- misinformation and uh, trying to kind of slow down this because they were used. They were tools. There were pretty much tools in what was happening yesterday. Uh, you know, willingly or unwillingly, they were part of it. It's, um, I know that Facebook is always in the crosshairs for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, even today they 
uh, this, this was the thing. No matter what Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook might say, the whole idea mm-hmm. that they have blocked Donald Trump, all of these networks, it's too little too late because we have had four years of misinformation, straight up lies, and just mm-hmm. just the act of using info as gaslighting is just, it, it all culminated into what happened yesterday. And I, I, I have no remorse saying to the social media moguls that you waited too long. You waited, um, all of the terms and conditions, all of the rules and regulations that you have on a privately owned, I don't care how public social media is, they are privately owned companies, is that exactly. um, you, you were trying, they, they're always trying to prevent potential dangers. Well, those dangers became real yesterday Um, and it was going on for hours where they i'm pretty sure they were all glued to their tvs the same way we were learning about how things were going there was no question of them at the highest level knowing exactly what was going on this is the weird part about it because the amount of time it took them to respond would if if they were just not aware of what's going on where the whole world was looking at it that was what what surprised me it's how long it took for the response yeah and the thing is I'm not over here. Again, we're not trying to say like anyone's freedom of speech should be taken away or anything like that. But you have to look at the situation, not necessarily from the lens of the First Amendment, but from the lens of people were hurt and dying and criminal acts were being committed in the real world. Yes. Expression is yes. one thing, but this was something totally different and on a different level. And and the thing is with all of these social media networks, and I don't know what your thought is, but um i will say like it's one thing to block it, it is a big it is a precedent to block a president a sitting president oh, uh, it is a that, huge deal but mm-hmm. it goes beyond all of that i mean i know a lot of people from multiple countries who actually blame the system of facebook for what type of government they have now uh because of the way that misinformation spread in order to create i'll use the term extremist groups Mm-hmm. Who vied for people who ended up as pretty terrible leaders? I'm just going to be very frank here, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I just to echo. I mean, Isa would say that about the Philippines. It's just the way that it happened. And you could look at any. There are so many documentaries and so many investigative reports and research done in the effect that social media, like Facebook, has had on developing mm-hmm. countries, because they are easy prey. They are easy prey for the disinformation, and it's. It's terrifying. Um, so I don't know how, how you feel about this whole social media like fiasco going on right now. No, no, it, I, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's, it's a very, it, it's just, it's hard to, it's not hard to believe. It's just, it's sad to see the way that where the information is easily spread. I mean, I, uh, just before, maybe 20 minutes or so before you and I were talking, I saw uh, YouTube finally posted a comment saying that now that the election has been certified, that any any videos uploaded to the site showing misconception or rumors or anything to that effect will be basically given a strike and a temporary suspend, uh, banning from live streaming. So a lot of this stuff is a little bit late. I feel like it's, again, it's it, we need to be proactive, not reactive in this approach. And this is where the problem and some of the concerns that happened yesterday and why things got out of hand the way they did. It's because of a very, you know, reactive system, not proactive. They didn't have the right, you know, support there. And uh, I mean, and, and the good thing, though, at least if, if anything, if, I think for anybody who's following the news and going on, 
they were able to go back. They were able to go in and close and then certify the, the the election and go through and count the electoral votes and all of that. And that, to me, shows the resiliency that they're able to bounce back. But from a social media point of view, it was very hard to to try to understand why they reacted so late. So late that as of, by the time they were reacting, literally there was a curfew in D.C. Everybody was already gone. Mm-hmm. Like, why? And... and um. It just—it was a very messed up process, and I just can't believe it got, like I said, to a new low. I just didn't think we could we could go lower than what we've had in the past. Um, I just hope that we take this as a learning experience and moving forward that they have the right mechanism, the right triggers, the right systems to prevent this type of experience again. I, I understand that it's such a hard issue to try and solve because there are always going to be the people who say it's a slippery slope and i'm not disagreeing with oh, yeah. them that mm-hmm. if you were to stop certain accounts or stop certain trends or stop certain content what's to say that they can't use the same rules to stop actual expression um yeah. comedians that i follow will always say that well parody and satire are going to start becoming like it's hard to figure out what is parody what is satire aside from just straight up misinformation and i totally get that but something has to be done in general and it's 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 it, it's crazy that uh, the most that we were able to get up until yesterday were little warnings that, I'm sorry, but if you don't read the EULA of your installations, there's no way you care that Twitter put a warning on a tweet that says this is not necessarily true. There's, there's no way that the common person on Twitter scrolling through TikTok or watching YouTube videos cares that that little thing is at the bottom. How many times have you watched a video and it has a CDC warning on the bottom? You don't give a crap. No, it, 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 if as long as, I think because there's also the echo chamber part, part of this, right? I mean, if you're listening to the content that you agree with, whatever warnings you have at the bottom of it, it will basically just be whatever. It may, it may as well say paid promotion at the bottom and they just basically ignore it at that point and move on. Um, but it, it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. Most people won't follow the link uh, to try to find out what the correct information is, because like I said, it's an echo. It's echoing what they already believe or what they find to be true. And they just continue. I think that these moves hopefully will create some sort of precedent where we take a real good look at it. We have to take a real good look at how this information or any facts are presented and how people react to them. Because I've said on social media episodes before Mm -hmm. that one of the problems with having Twitter on all the time is that you're not actually reading the actual facts. Twitter is all about the reactions to the facts. Mm -hmm. It's it's an easy way to get the actual news, sure. But if you're not clicking through into the actual article, all you're reading are people's reaction replying to that particular tweet. Exactly. And and it's very, and you also need to make sure that you have it even in the right order. You may not be looking at the right information at the right time, depending on how you have your uh, your feed set up. Actually, one I saw, one tweet that I saw yesterday was very helpful was to change it to change your your uh, your, your your actual feed update to be the most recent tweets first. Yeah, I did because see that too. You, yeah, because I was like, you're right. Otherwise, you're you're literally watching tweets from days or 15, 16 hours, which is typical. I like to make sure I catch up every, with everybody's information, but Yesterday was just very, it was just, it was a dump of information and it was updating at a, like at a hundred miles an hour. Uh, but you're right. 90% of it, you know, you see comments, you, you read responses, uh, you try to make sense of what's going on, what source is actually saying the right thing, where is it coming from? Um, and then there's videos going all over the place, different angles from the same spot, different places. And it just felt, it just felt surreal. That's the other problem. 
you know what I mean? Like you feel like, wow, I, I, is it really happening? Is this real? Is, is, is I remember watching, you know, uh, Olympus has fallen or something. I mean, is this another, you know, weird movie that we just happened to tap into or something? I just felt it was just like I said, it was a very stressful day. Let's just say that, and it's it's continuing. I mean, obviously, we're still seeing the ripple effect of what's going on. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it was definitely a very. I'm hoping it's a very awakening moment for us in our history, um, and of course, helping us for the future. It, it's it, the hope is that we can learn from it. I'm I'm hoping personally that, well, not hoping. Let me let me let me shift my thought real quick. I will say that we should we should try to remember what it's like to not have every headline in the news be about Trump's latest tweet. Because he can't right now. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Twitter trending and all that stuff. People are talking about other crap right now. And it's kind of refreshing. It is. It, it felt like it's like, wait, there's no news about it. Okay, good. Yeah. This is um I, I hope we're able to move like I said, we we need to move on. We need to heal. We need to figure out how to move forward. But it yeah. The thing is we don't have the answers. We ne- we've never had the answers. We can't even think of a model that Twitter or Facebook can have that would fix all of this because they're so huge now that these are the systems that are in place. Yeah, and and they are, um, like I said, they're they're part of the conversation with or without their consent. They're 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 facilitating. They're they're making, um, and and like I said, the whole reactive part of it is what what gets me. It's the we really shouldn't be in that level because again, had been some small creator or whatever they. That would have been, you know, strike right away or put, you know, suspended account or whatever. But no, this this level of he gets a twelve hours, uh, you know, the, the suspension after the tweets get deleted, and he'll be back to normal stuff. It yeah. doesn't change, and that's what that's my concern. I I, I don't know what's worse, uh, a world where he's unhinged and is not checked on all of these social media accounts, or maybe there's a world where he is and he resorts to having an OnlyFans. I don't know which one's worse. Like. <laughs> Hey man, um, I, I had I, to I put totally a joke at the from, end. I'm sorry. You had to, you had to, th- you had to throw it in because we all know about Super Saf and his OnlyFans stuff too. <laughs> I had to do it. I was starting to feel a little too heavy with the way that I was like, but that's how angry. Be careful, I, man. That's how angry. You're gonna I get an email from OnlyFans. You know that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey Josh, this is uh, blah 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 from OnlyFans. We would love to have you on the platform. <laughs> I. I this is the only way that I can really cope right now um, is sort of making making these weird equivalencies sometimes, you know, but, you know, the, the, it's this exploration that we might have to have in order to figure out how to move forward. And I know for me, like I have talked about how I needed to get off social media because of the way that it was not really poisoning my brain, but it was making it it was making my head hurt, man. And I, I had it, to get out. I saw that clip a while ago where I, I from a while ago where I said I had to delete all of the. The, the I think you did that one time, right? It was like one weekend where you just uninstalled all, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that. Just spent the weekend, and I think every once in a while we should have that 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 detox. Somebody should put together an app that makes it simple that you click one button and basically it's it's like a Zen mode on on OnePlus devices, <laughs> but for the weekend, right? All social media apps get suspended, go to hibernation. You cannot check, you cannot respond, you cannot refresh or TikTok or whatever. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I hope we, we do get something. I, I, I don't know if it'll ever be better though. That's the problem. It's just such a, such a massive amount of information and easy access to it. Um, 
But because of those personal experiences, people you know or you don't know, and when you see these people's point of views, it's hard to disconnect because it is a conversation. It it's just <laughs> I I don't know. I'm I hope I, I always hope for better things in the future, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, sorry. Well, we will up. we will talk about something that we have actual like real thoughts and facts and figures on uh, after the yes. break. <laughs> Well, back from the break, um, what a break yeah. that was. Uh, <laughs> just for anybody listening right now, like, okay, I get that this episode kind of got off the rails. Um, I wanted to talk about the whole social media thing when it comes to them blocking Donald Trump. There's not a whole, that was the topic that I had coming into the episode, not realizing that in reality, there's not a whole lot to say other than what happened. Mm-hmm. Because what, what else? It's still what, developing. It's still developing. What it's, else can we say? Some of it is still. So yeah. we actually went after I hit after after I said you know we're going to go to a break. We actually spent a, like a solid half hour talking about specific things, not about the social media, but about what actually happened <laughs> yesterday. We're going to call that the lost segment because that is just not. There's no there's there's no making that a part of a pocket now weekly podcast. Okay, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, anybody who follows me on social media probably knows what my feelings are on it, and that's basically what the conversation was, uh, complete with vulgarity and all of that. So anybody out there who enjoys when JV uh, lets loose, that's what the last half hour was for me and TK. <laughs> um, but we do want to bring a little bit of actual tech talk here, and there was one that I wanted to bring that I feel like we have to talk about because I have so many thoughts. I, I will first uh, apologize that I did not... Um, the, the actual embargo lift for the OnePlus Nord N10 was, I forgot that it was the other day. So people have been putting out some content on it, have been writing up stuff. You did a video on it, TK. And, Mm, um, I'm using it now and a video will be coming out very soon on this phone, which it shouldn't even take that long, given that this is a $299 carrier centric phone. Now here's the thing. I'll get to my thoughts a little bit, but knowing what the OnePlus Nord originally was, and even then, going further back than that, what OnePlus originally was, yeah. how would you summarize your thoughts on the N10? So the way I look at it, I feel like the N10 is a is a different type of phone. I, I feel like it doesn't, it has a lot of, his, it, it pulls a lot from OnePlus's historic, uh, you know, performance, the way they used to be a budget line. I mean, the first phone they released was around $299, $350. That was the first, the OnePlus One originally when everybody was trying to get it. Um, I feel like the OnePlus Nord or the Nord line coming to the US is, I feel, so here's the, you have to look at OnePlus in, in the essence of what they are. There's the global and then there's the US side. In the US, we've been experiencing them in the unlocked model for a while. And then we started getting carrier specific models, right? So last couple of years, OnePlus has made a really good headway into that. But they haven't been in the mid-range or the, not mid-range, but like budget side of the house. They've always been in the 600, 700 plus experience. Um, for me, the N10 in the US makes perfect sense. It's a, a budget version of what OnePlus normally offers. But you also have to understand that this is this is a very different, I almost want to feel like this is a subsidiary of OnePlus. This is its own brand. This is a Nord by OnePlus. And I feel like that would hmm. make more sense for me if we looked at it as this is Nord by OnePlus as opposed to this is a OnePlus Nord. Because OnePlus is what we normally get. The 8, the 8 Pro, the hopefully in the near future, obviously the 9 and so on. But Nord in the US, the N10 and the N100 they have very different things. Like if you put them next to each other with the exception of the OnePlus logo, there's very, it's hard to get, you know, the similarities in the hardware. 
the experience yeah. with you know Oxygen OS comes very close. But again, I feel like this is again Nord by OnePlus as opposed to a OnePlus Nord. Okay, it, but I'm happy that it's here. Okay, I, I I I get where you're coming from, and it's good because I I haven't had a chance to watch your video yet, but I feel like you actually in your own way, have the same thought I have. Because I'd like that you kind of give them a concession and say that this this is like saying Nord is a brand. Because yeah. I made a discovery yesterday after using this phone for a couple of days. And I will say this. You're right. There are a couple of things about this phone that are pretty specifically OnePlus. Like, of course, you got the logo on the back. You have Oxygen OS. A uh, mm-hmm. higher refresh rate screen, always something that you'll appreciate. Given that it yep. is an IPS screen, but okay, we'll get to that in a second. Um mm-hmm. I, I realized holding the phone, it's not something I even use on a regular OnePlus phone, but then I realized there's no alert slider. And I was about to, that's why I said it's OnePlus. It's not a one, because there's that thing. OnePlus has always had the alert slider. Mm-hmm. Every OnePlus phone comes out. When you hold it in your hand, you know it's a OnePlus because of a physical attribute. So that's what I'm it's saying. It's like, what exactly makes this a OnePlus phone? Like, I can't really fathom that. Like, is the phone bad? Absolutely not. It is actually a pretty good deal for two ninety nine. It's it's uh, right. for the performance for mm-hmm. what it offers. Honestly, I think they're going to sell like hotcakes in the U.S. Mostly because, like you said, the price point and it's and also because of the features that it comes with. I mean, it, it's a decent phone. I mean, realistically for the, for two ninety nine, it's there's a lot of good things going on for it. Oxygen OS as an OS is a very nice, very smooth, very clean experience of Android. And it also attributes to the fact that because it only has, I think, six gigs of RAM, it performs much better than what other devices typically with six gigs would would have performed with a skinned version of Android. So I, I do think, though, that this phone leans too heavily on oxygen to make its case because this mm-hmm. when I it just is. when I just feel this phone and I look at like what features are available and what things actually differentiate this phone from other phones in the price point, it feels too mm-hmm. much like it's playing the game of the three hundred dollar price point because we have. Um, I guess I could say Samsung or even Moto with the G line or anything like that. Those or are the A line. Yeah, those are literally just phones that were made to be cheap, and then they put their logo on it. Like you could look at a lot of those phones, and they're just bricks. Like they're just there's mm-hmm. nothing really completely special about them. I'm not even talking about from the flagship perspective. I'm talking about just like things that differentiate them. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have sort of like this flair or this style that's that's permeated throughout, let's say, the iPhone SE or um, the Pixel 4a, for example. Like they are distinctly Google and Apple phones, respectively. Um, but in the case of like the Samsung phones, they just feel like bastardized versions of Samsung flagships. Moto Gs mm-hmm. feel like bastardized versions of Moto Xs, um, or that's how I remember them, at least. Um, and this feels like the same thing. Like they're even just the alert slider missing is enough to make me think OnePlus made a brick. And is that a, is that a bad, I'm not trying to say that that's like a hugely bad thing. No, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, that's when it, when it gets that whole conversation is, is it a OnePlus or is it a Nord? Mm -hmm. And I like the way that you do this. I like the way you put that. Yeah. It, it and and I think even if we just follow the way OnePlus has been treating this, they, they, they tweet out their information for this specific product out of the Nord account. If you go on Instagram, there's actually a specific Nord account for OnePlus, not the main OnePlus account. Uh, so if we really kind of look at it, I think at some point that we may be looking at maybe you know crystal ball and kind of thing of this actually becoming its own brand, just sharing kind of like how if we have to look at it, maybe like the uh, the Oppo, the Redmi's, the Xiaomi's, the Realme's, you know, they they use you know a MIUI or other uh, other operating system, but in reality they're their own sub brand. 
And I feel like OnePlus needed to create that brand because of the fact as they have as they've improved themselves over time, time over time, they've left that space mm. and Nord is supposed to fill in that space for them. Um, it, I feel like, in, in my opinion, the standard Nord that we saw last year uh, with they, that went to Europe, we never saw that in the US, and the N10 are very solid performance smartphones on their own. They have some essence of OnePlus and that's where the OnePlus name comes in, but they're truly Nord. They're really a Nord. They're their own brand. If you look at them in their own sense, the story changes a little bit. And I feel like OnePlus is just not making a strong enough case for us right now. They're not telling us that this is their own brand because we're still seeing them as part of the original brand. They're on the same site. You look at it's now the first thing on OnePlus's site. The Nord is coming in, I think it was in a day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for $299, honestly, for the US market and this time, this hard times, it's a hard, it's a hard. I'd find it hard for me not to recommend it to somebody looking into a smartphone uh, that is that reasonably priced. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to have the same experience as OnePlus. That's the other thing. It doesn't get the same treatment as regular OnePluses. Well, I will say that the software does help elevate it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. That Oxygen OS is still one of the cleanest versions of Android. It still comes with a number of different yeah. uh, features that you might appreciate, like even just the style. Like I get that software is probably the only place that when you do a phone like this that is this affordable, it's the only place you could really excel. And um, for a phone that doesn't have, what is this one, the 690, right? 690, yeah. Um, so SD this one has the uh, Snapdragon 690. For a phone that is already cut at the knees in terms of specs, to have mm-hmm. as Spartan a software suite as Oxygen OS is, like it's 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 the best concession prize you can ask for. Um, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Oxygen OS is literally that good. It's that good that you can put it on a cheap phone and you can feel some of that speed. Um, the thing is like how... How much do you feel like a company could rest on a software laurel, though? Like, how much does a does a does software? How much can software carry a phone? The so the biggest part that I always look at it from from the way we all experience our phones. If we just look at it from a sense of what it is, right? It's a rectangle with a display, a glass on both sides. But at the end of the day, it, it's what we live in, and we live in the software. 95% of the time. The phone may feel great. It may have a good weight distribution, blah, 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 you know, all of that good stuff. But we live in the software. Is basically what makes it or breaks it. The reason why people love iOS and why I've stuck with it for so long, it's the simplicity. It's the, the appreciation of what iOS offers you and what you get from it every year over year with updates. You get new features, but it's not so different that you wouldn't be able to relate to it if you just, you know, you haven't used an iPhone for two years. You pick it up and it still works the, roughly the same. Oxygen OS over time has become the reason why it became so popular is because of its utilization, its memory management, its its presence, its um, its focus and emphasis on speed, which would make a device running the six ninety feel like a device that's running a seven you know seven fifty or seven thirty. You don't really feel the big difference between the two. I love that you went seven thirty instead of seven sixty five <laughs> because because we do have to be very clear. Uh, like you're not going to yeah, get that dude. kind of performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I specifically didn't shoot for the. I didn't even say seven in the seven C, seven sixty series. No, it's more like closer to the what you get roughly with the seven thirty series. Sure. Uh, but the at the end of the day, 
it's it is what's possible and when you're using it if i didn't tell somebody this was a oneplus they would feel like this is a, a very smooth ui you know device sounds really good we have stereo speakers on a, on a price point we have a headphone jack we have expandable storage again the things that, that i see here are things that oneplus doesn't carry anymore on their higher end and that's why if, if i always have to recommend it i say this is a nord by oneplus but there's no word of nord on here it says oneplus this is where it gets confusing. From if, yeah. if you're a true OnePlus, like you know, fan or loyalist, or you've used them for years, you're like, what? Do I, what makes this a OnePlus? You know, it's it's a Nord. Well, but even and then, like OnePlus there are, should own it. There are enough holes in the Oxygen OS experience on this phone that make me think, oh yeah, you bastardized the hell out of this phone because like <laughs> yeah yeah no no. For example, uh, I'm playing Rockman X Dive, which is still one of my favorite mobile games because most people can't play it. Um, <laughs> you have to literally download it from the Taiwanese website. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm playing it and it it invites me to turn on fanatic mode. And what does fanatic mode on a regular OnePlus Pro actually do? It it overclocks the processor. It yes, really makes Locks performance. Mm-hmm. On yep. a phone like the N10, which is rocking a freaking 690 of all things, all it can do is do not disturb. <laughs> so Therapy. why are no, you that... still calling it fanatic oh, mode? Fanatic mode. <laughs> Uh, like that's the thing and then I, uh, even I call it a tailored experience it's a tailored <laughs> experience to the 299 price I, and even then an IPS display means no always on display uh, well that's true yeah yeah. It, it, it hardly even means a good ambient display like it's an okay one I guess um and also, like I know, I know people will kvetch uh, just as much as I am. Um, you know the bezel situation. You can see that the chin is bigger than the, the forehead. And my favorite part is that even when you turn on a game like Rockman X Dive to where it has to render under the um, the hole punch, That's- it's still uneven. It's still <laughs> it's still not symmetrical. And it's just like the, I can't believe I'm actually kvetching this hard about it. But it's like this is how good the Nord was. Yeah, we all liked the OnePlus Nord, and we were all gutted when it didn't come to the U.S. And this that's, is this is why this is what we got. <laughs> well, so but that's the thing. So, and, and if you look at it, in, because we've had the opportunity to play with this with the seven sixty five version, we we know what Nord could be. We truly need to, if we just look at it and what this is, because we're we're specifically, by the way, for everybody listening, the major coverage that's going on right now is the fact that the Nord line is in the US. You're able to pick it up, either unlocked, I think, on on OnePlus's website or on um, T-Mobile, I think, as a carrier-specific model. But that's the big thing for me. And when I look at it in that, that, and I don't want to call it a bubble, but with those glasses... I feel like it's a it's a good it's a good presence. It's a it's a very um, compelling story for because when we start looking at devices, like I think when we looked at at the end of twenty twenty, the the top activated devices over Christmas, I think there was it was like a, a bazillion of them. Obviously, were iPhones, but there was one device that was actually an Android device. It was an LG K series. Those are the that, that's the budget line device of LG, not the flagship, not the Velvet, not the V series, not the you know the G series. It's a it's a it's a an inexpensive experience that was number ten activated on Christmas. This is why I feel like the Nord, or at least the the N10, will do well. I don't know enough of what the N100 is going to do. I haven't had the opportunity to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine, obviously, a much more watered down, more more tailored toward the 179 experience. Uh, but 299 for me, it's an easy recommendation for let's say for my mom, for somebody that wants to. Um, 
get a good phone that will work for them that will do the work that they needed uh that may not be worried too much about always on display and things like that you know th things that we appreciate more because once we have it uh and they also don't know what the nord the original nord is so i hope that the nord 2 maybe we could see that in the future we'll have to see maybe that this is oneplus testing it that that also reminds me it's remember the big deal oneplus made about making the nord all of the little documentaries and all of those things like you built up a phone that was $500, which is not a bad price point for even most people, like exactly. when you compare it to flagships. And what it, what it provided was really good for $500. They made such a big deal that they even made that phone in the first place. And then all of a sudden, the N10 is a thing. And you're just like, oh, so this is what we get. <laughs> It, it's a series. It's a series. If we yeah. look at them realistically, yeah, there there's the Nord high end, which is the seven series, seven sixty five area. Then you have the N ten, which essentially is the three six ninety series, and then of course you get the N one hundred, which again dips even low. But I honestly, if if I was if I if I if I had a choice, if I had to choose one of the three, I would definitely would have said bring in the uh, you know the standard Nord. Mm -hmm. Nord should be here. Uh, it's sexy as heck, uh, design wise, uh, feature wise, and you get you know you get true seven sixty five. It's if there's a champion's processor for twenty twenty, realistically, not to say the eight sixty five was not a powerful and very capable processor, but it's how the seven series or seven sixty five specifically made the mid range air, uh, devices shine. It yep. made them accessible. It made them powerful, and and you truly got almost a flagship experience. Yeah, that so was the we'll Nord. The Nord was one of our first true examples of that um yeah. so i agree there and i hope with two we'll see that yeah all right cool um wanted to make sure we actually got just some specific like device talk in there uh yeah. next week will probably be all about ces um yeah and uh samsung has made it clear that isn't un unpacked is 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 the fifth next friday it's the 15th i want to say it's the fifth yes next friday so, friday. so it's uh literally eight days from so now. that would be in the morning so if we're able to schedule a podcast for later that day we could react to both ces and unpacked um we'll That's see true. what happens it would be great to have jaime on but the man's quite busy um so uh well we all are it's just you know this is this is uh he's he is a guest and i am the host so i'm always on the show <laughs> exactly you're always there it's everybody else has to show up <laughs> um but yeah with that said thank you so much for being the guest on here tk um also thank you for the therapy session for the we think we both needed it honestly um uh yes uh that little forgotten episode yeah <laughs> the forgotten segment yeah and i'm probably gonna end the up forgotten. going back and making sure and maybe editing a little bit of our like general discussion in the beginning just just so we can just so it's not too all over the place because i know that that's how i feel right now so um but it, the, it's still fresh yeah, yeah that's why so hopefully uh everyone who's listening actually found a little bit of respite just hanging out with us uh even if we were able to uh, maybe voice whatever you might be thinking. Sometimes that is the case. Uh, but other than that, uh, let us know what you feel about the OnePlus Nord N10 when the video comes out. I'm literally working on it today and tomorrow. Uh, but as far as TK is concerned, uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm probably going to say be healthy and stay fit. I pushed out a video this morning. Ooh, uh, probably by the time you guys see it. Yeah. Um, I'm... I'm a runner. I love running. So I'm always, whenever I get a, access to any kind of tech that helps me continue my passion. Uh, so I put out a video for a treadmill uh, from Mobvoi, the maker of our smart, yes. like a lot of our smartwatches that we all wear. I was surprised that they had a treadmill. And so I, when I reached out and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll send it over. Love it. So 
that's what I'm I'm all about right now. I'm also working with um, Amazfit too. I'm working on a video for them as well. Mm. It's all about health right now. I'm I'm building up. Beginning of the year, everybody's on that kick, and I'm on that kick too because I I need to get rid of last year's weight. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, uh, I need to do the same. And then yesterday happened, but, uh, I will, yeah. I, I will keep from bringing it up too much, but it's kind of hard not to, in any case, uh, that would be our episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the pocket now weekly podcast. All of the links for TK are found in the show notes. And as far as I am concerned and also pocket now at large is concerned, you can find all of those in the show notes as well. And I'll go through them in the outro starting now. Thanks again to TK Bay for being on the episode for this kind of weird one. Uh, we still wanted to put an episode out, but of course, with what has been going on throughout the week, uh, we had to talk about some of the stuff that went down. In any case, TK, thank you so much for being on the show. If you want to follow TK Bay across all of the different areas of the internet, you can find all of his links in the show notes. As far as I'm concerned, you can find me on all social media networks, including TikTok at JVTechT, because I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. From there, you can find me on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara, uh, where you can find content that can supplement what you find over on Pocket Now. Speaking of Pocket Now, you can head to pocketnow.com for all of the latest news, as well as follow Pocket Now on social media networks at Pocket Now on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, you can go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Pocket Now, for videos coming out basically every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast, and we will see you in our next episode.